Hello, I'm Jerry Varmash, and this is Here Now the News. This week, I welcome Dr. Bandy Lee back to the podcast. She's an accomplished forensic psychiatrist who edited the book The Dangerous Case of Donald Trump. It was published at the start of his term and had assessments from more than two dozen mental health professionals. Dr. Lee and I first spoke in December when the election fraud became the final focal point of his presidency. But our latest conversation takes us from the Trump acquittal for insurrection at the Capitol to the GOP's steadfast loyalty to the 45th president. Thank you so much for having me. You had tweeted right after the uh, acquittal. That was what triggered me to want to speak to you again. You said something to the effect that there was, with sadness, you were saying that you were concerned that it would be an even more dangerous case of of Trump. Can you explain a little about that? Yes. Um, Throughout the Trump presidency, I had been warning that unless there was intervention and unless there were setting of limits, that the Trump presidency would continue to become an increasingly more dangerous Donald Trump. And uh, again, we had uh, failed to place limits on the person, even though the presidency is over. His influence is surprisingly not as people are learning. It's not unexpected for me, but a lot of people are quite surprised that there are a lot of Trump-like figures arising, a lot of uh, support for Donald Trump. Um, And I believe just yesterday, Lindsey Graham uh, somewhat announced that uh, the GOP itself would depend on whether or not it uh, supports Donald Trump. And, And so all these, uh, statements are probably surprising for people, but uh, in in my uh, own estimations, this is what I had expected, and which is why I had so emphasized the importance of conviction in the Senate, even for uh, the Biden administration and the Democratic leadership, that there be put some kind of uh, limit on the Trump influence in order to advance the rest of their agenda. And I guess the biggest problem is whether he runs again or doesn't run really, I think, is not even the issue, because, uh, like you said, he has that stranglehold on the party where even if he doesn't run, just the idea that he could run is is bad enough. Yes, and he'll use it to his maximum advantage. You said that it's an even more dangerous case of Donald Trump, but that it's technically the dangerous GOP. Well, I have always said that the Donald Trump phenomenon has to be seen at, in an ecology is in relation to his supporters and uh, the nation itself. Uh, we would not be even speaking about him if he were the same person as a private citizen all along with very little influence. His influence rides on the GOP's predispositions, and so there were uh, tendencies that he amplified uh, and rides on, but also there are uh, new Uh, tendencies that he has created since his presidency. His simply the fact of his being president has allowed and enabled factions in the GOP as well as the population that would not have been emboldened and amplified had he not been, been in office.
I want to go back before we go forward a little bit. Uh, we spoke in December, and that was right at the height of uh, Donald Trump with the election fraud, uh, the baseless claims that were going through all the legal challenges. And as you said, even in this interview, whatever method, uh, he had to be uh, removed from office. Obviously, he was not. They had the impeachment, uh, which started when he was still in office and then left, which, of course, at that point, we didn't have uh, anything about the January 6th insurrection uh, on, on the radar. Uh, but I want to ask you about that. Did you in any way not predict that, but w- were you surprised by what took place? Not at all. In fact, all my interviews and all my articles were to that danger, uh, increasingly so since he lost the election, that I stated that that would be the most dangerous period of his presidency. And what I meant was that if he failed in every other way to try to subvert reality, that he would resort to violence. And that's what he did. Um, in fact, I think we did somewhat stop him uh, by responding more appropriately to the violent insurrection than we had to his other dangerous acts, um, which did serve to set limits and I believe also to his leaving office without further escalation. But, uh, but again, the way that the impeachment was done, uh, waiting a full week to impeach him and not forcing the Senate to, to meet right away or going on Um, a a great deal of uh, public campaigns, if the Senate refused, uh, served to send the message that his actions were not uh, not so bad, that that was acceptable to the Democratic Party as well. And I think that was a disservice to the public. And uh, again, a failure of ability to place a check on the former president. Right. And, and obviously the 25th Amendment had been talked about with the vice president uh, doing that. And, and he, he wanted no part of that. And, you know, and when you see what the video from January 6th and, and Pence being, you know, ushered with his family away, it, it, it makes you wonder why, you know, they didn't do anything immediately. Uh, and, and he kind of kept the the same tone with the president right from the beginning. And again, he uh, stays with the same tone uh, after his acquittal. In fact, he issued a long statement um, denigrating and and accusing Mitch McConnell um, of uh, of putting him down. And and, uh, that just shows that he has learned nothing and will change in no way. And uh, that is exactly how we have assessed him from a mental health basis. The interview we did again in, in December was for, for several reasons. It was one of the most listened to uh, episodes that I did. It was very galvanizing, controversial, as I'm sure you would expect because of the, the climate uh, uh, in this country. Uh, I had put it on, for example, on LinkedIn, where you wouldn't expect, and it had it got thousands and thousands of views, just the, the the link itself there, not necessarily the episode. And people were just going after me and going after you, and why didn't I interview you or another doctor about uh, dementia with regards to, to Joe Biden? And there were all of that. I'm not looking to get a comment on that, but what I what I am interested in, we're talking about how the GOP is still in lockstep overall with Trump. 
are you seeing it slip away from the, if you will, the rank and file, the actual Trump electorate? Uh, not really. Um, there was a little slippage when he was uh, banned from social media platforms. Um, and as I said, uh, removal from office and removal from influence will take care of a good deal of what I have been calling shared psychosis in that um, the emotional part of uh, the symptoms that he has spread among his uh, supporters. But if we keep all the other conditions the same, in other words, um, uh, continue with the propaganda media and uh, continual indoctrination, uh, uh, and if there are lawmakers coming forth, uh, not only supporting him, but also becoming mini Trumps um, uh, in their attitude or uh, belligerence, then uh, his influence is not diminishing. And above all, I have emphasized that there is a reason why the population has grown psychologically vulnerable as it has, which has a great deal to do with the socioeconomic conditions um, and the uh, disparities, um, be it economic, racial, or gender disparities. You mentioned with uh, social media and, and the, the ban that uh, they, they put on after January 6th on Trump. Uh, primarily, uh, the big one, of course, is Twitter. And that has to be, that's the big difference, I think. He doesn't have that that huge megaphone. I mean, that has to be um, uh, a big, you know, big change in terms of, uh, you know, loosening his, his grip on, on the GOP. Yes, absolutely. And that was the first step that I recommended, that um, he be removed from office and removed from influence, and that is to a large degree what has happened. But uh, others are continuing to seek him, and he has not been discredited. Now, in order for discrediting to occur, he has to be, ideally, he would have been convicted in the Senate. But uh, the fact that he was acquitted, in fact, is a great danger because uh, he can now claim that he was innocent of all the charges that he has. He could, uh, um, he could, he probably does feel emboldened to seek after political office once again. The rewards were so great that uh, with that little consequence, he is more likely to feel um, grandiose and that he is uh, that, that he is entitled to that that level of grandeur and impunity and entitlement once again so um, we can probably expect more of that until a uh, very vigorous uh, prosecution happens and I hope that happens quickly soon and to the maximal extent and that's what I was going to ask you, given that you're saying how dangerous that he remains at this point, uh, that I'm sure in wherever it is, whether it's New York, whether it's federally, whether it's uh, D.C., whether it's Georgia, uh, I'm sure then you are uh, pushing for for some sort of indictments. Yes, uh, absolutely. We have stated in multiple articles that uh, prosecution is, in fact, the first step to healing for the nation because uh, that is, uh, again, limit setting and boundaries um, 
prosecutions that are tantamount to the crimes that were committed uh, are uh, what are necessary for resetting standards, uh, returning ourselves to reality, morality, and standards of, uh, um, of the law. Uh, therefore, prosecution, um, uh, contrary to the talk that it may um, dampen reconciliation or unity, it in fact facilitates those things by creating a space, safe space. Uh, and so it's absolutely necessary when this level of criminality has been committed. You, you mentioned about Lindsey Graham. I, I want to ask you, and this seems to be a bit of a microcosm of the GOP right now, Mitch McConnell, I'm sure you heard the speech right after the, the trial, voted against conviction and then had this very stern speech where he basically called out Trump, blamed him for what happened on January 6th, and alluded to the fact that he could face prosecution. And, and then Trump went after McConnell. What, what, what do you make of all of that? I believe that the speech that Mitch McConnell gave was uh, probably calculated politically for him, and it's the reason why Donald Trump is angry at him. But uh, in, um, in total effect, it had the influence of um, giving the message that one could be that egregiously, damningly, uh, criminal and uh, uh, harmful and yet be acquitted. Um, and therefore, I think uh, in some total, it was more damaging than helpful. But uh, there does seem to be a part of him that is wanting to send the message that prosecution needs to happen. Um, and perhaps he would like to limit Donald Trump's influence on the party as well. Uh, so, so he did lay some of the groundwork for that. Uh, regardless, uh, prosecution does need to happen in a way that is more reality-based and not uh, politically driven. Um, uh, and dangerous personalities need to also be psychologically managed. And prosecution is one of the ways in which we manage such individuals. So, so this is what is direly needed right now. And uh, perhaps the number one emergency still for the nation, uh, despite all the other priorities that um, uh, Joe Biden has given and the, the presidency has in many ways moved on admirably without control of what I've been calling a mental health pandemic that we're currently experiencing. Even the viral pandemic will uh, continue to uh, spiral out of our, uh, beyond our control. And just to finish up that on that last part with the, the McConnell speech, and then Trump follows up with a statement uh, to him because he can only do via statements, really attacking him because in it, and it seems to fit in uh, with what Trump has been doing throughout. If if you're not loyal, you're going to face the wrath of of Trump. So that would not seem to be a surprise. Yes, that's right. As far as we mentioned with 2024 and, and just putting it out there, but do you think that by uh, not being convicted and then ultimately what would have been a ban on any future uh, holding of office, I guess, federally, 
is the possibility that he could run, is that quote unquote dangerous as well? I think absolutely he intends on running, if not, um, if not some other form equivalent political influence. And so uh, absolutely, I think it's important to ban him from running for office. And, uh, and as I said, uh, also work on the softer measures of preventing his influence because um, otherwise it won't stop until we do have um, a regime that is no longer a democracy. I just want to ask you one other question. It, it certainly, it's not directly uh, Trump. It's more back to the uh, the GOP. There were seven Republicans that uh, voted for uh, the, uh, the the conviction of the impeachment, and many of them are facing a possible censure uh, in their state. I'm curious what you think of that. So, so that's a problem: the subverting of norms, uh, turning standards upside down, where the criminal becomes. Uh, condoned and and those who act on principle are uh, even criminally charged. And this is exactly what happens when those who are uh, ineligible to be in office are in office, that is, um, who don't possess the mental capacity. Uh, they would wish to subvert reality where they are the ones who are capable and those who are capable are the ones who are censured or shunned or somehow um, punished. And um, it's the proverbial, um, the criminals being in, in charge of the asylum or the um, those without sanity being in charge of uh, the institution. So I do believe that some kind of standard needs to be in place, such as a fitness exam. Right. Are, are you still concerned about violence or, or do you think it was a one off situation with January 6th? No, not at all. In fact, violence has escalated in our culture. Um, you could tell by uh, the controversies around um, uh, the, the freshman representatives such as Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, uh, Laura Boebert and others, um, how they feel emboldened to bring in violence, uh, brandish their weapons and uh, flaunt the laws. Um, I. Uh, this is very concerning. And what I had said uh, about the dangers of Donald Trump is not so much that he would personally assault anyone or order uh, or give direct orders, but that he would lay the cultural groundwork for epidemics of violence. And that is still in place, if not intensifying. Well, I want to thank you. It is, uh, it's a pleasure to speak to you, Dr. Bandy Lee. Thanks for your insight. Thank you once again for having me. Your comments and questions are always appreciated. Find me on Twitter at Jerry Barmash. Drop me an email, hearnowthenewsjb at gmail.com, and connect with my Hear Now the News Facebook page, where you can find occasional live stream events. If you're listening or subscribed on Apple Podcasts, please take a moment and leave a review and five-star rating. Your comment could help others find the podcast. Another more immediate way for others to hear it, sharing episodes with friends. 
I want to take a moment to tell you about the next episode. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is facing the biggest controversy from his three terms in office. But it's not a new scandal. The nursing home deaths from the early days of the pandemic has bubbled up again and in a big way, leaving Cuomo at his most vulnerable. I'll speak to a Republican politician who ran against Cuomo once and is now pushing for impeachment proceedings into what many consider a cover-up into how the deaths of patients in long-term facilities were actually reported. Another guest, a Democratic state lawmaker, is also scheduled to join me for this timely episode. I hope you will as well. As always, thanks for your support and listening to Hear Now the News. I'm Jerry Barnett.